As the Omicron variant rapidly spreads across the globe, researchers in the U.S. suggest the strain is more contagious than Delta. In a government-backed study out of Columbia University, scientists say Omicron is 36.5% more transmissible than the Delta variant. Welcome to the True Topics Podcast, sponsored by True Star Foundation. Hi, my name is Amaya, and my Instagram is underscore Amaya Simone. Today, we'll be talking about the new COVID variant, and we have a special guest doctor to give us all the details. My name is Dr. Wendy McDonald, uh, Wendy Goodall McDonald. I am an OBGYN in Chicago. Um, just got home from work, so if you hear children screaming in the background, everybody's okay. It's just how we roll in our house. You know, very much a proponent of... Uh, vaccine protection and COVID-19 safety and Omicron, you know, Omicron sound like the homie down the block a little bit, you know, like, like somebody that, you know, we, (laughs) all of us might know, but Omicron is this new variant that was recently detected um, or recently isolated in South Africa. Um, And I, I use that verbiage uh, intentionally because it has been detected on multiple in multiple countries, but the technology that um, is present in South Africa has been able to isolate and identify it. And so, you know, I think it's important to be clear about that because the media will have you believe that it just popped up at, for, at, at first sight in, in South Africa. And we really don't know that. We don't know where it came from, but we know that they were able to identify it. Um, keeping ourselves safe from this virus. Uh, you know, the thing about a thing about even this variant when it comes to COVID-19, the opportunity for this variant to become present in our in our world came from the um, inability of our of our world to equitably vaccinate people. Viruses are able to uh, replicate and become uh, create new variants when they are set free in the wild. Um, and if they were, if we were able to have less virus and more containment of the virus, we actually probably would not have this new variant. Not probably, definitely would not have this new variant. And uh, you know, South Africa, Africa in general as a continent has has had one of the lowest vaccination rates because of access. Apparently, recently in South Africa, the um, whatever governing body ordered like five um, hundred thousand doses of Moderna vaccine at a premium price, I think $29 per vaccine, which is higher, a higher price apparently than other countries have, been, have paid for it, and uh, was not able to get those vaccines because other countries with higher uh, bidding, um, and bidding I think in a, in a political way, not financially, because again, I told you that they were paying a higher price, but were able to kind of cut the line and get these vaccines before um, South Africa was able to get them. and we have yet to see the ability for countries to be able to mass produce and manufacture their own vaccinations. Big Pharma, Pfizer, Moderna, um, those companies have been able to kind of keep the monopoly on the production of the vaccines. So the different countries have been uh, left a little bit high and dry when it comes to getting the vaccines. And, and, and I sound like a, you know, person who is anti a little bit right now, I'm sure, but I am kind of wanting to, to, to set the perspective because it's, it is imperative that we understand why variants arise and understand that our ability to protect ourselves is a privilege. It's, it, the access is a privilege that there are countries 
you know, that don't have the access, they couldn't get a vaccine if they wanted one. And because of that, people will die. Um, and the fact that we have the ability to, to protect ourselves um, by vaccinating, by walking down the block to Walgreens or, or CVS um, is, is fortunate for us. Um, of course, we can also protect ourselves by socially distancing, masking, washing hands, um, you know, being in a crowded room, unmasked with a whole bunch of strangers is probably not the best way uh, to keep ourselves safe. But being, you know, in smaller gatherings, in smaller groups and vaccinating ourselves is probably our best way, our best protection right now. My question was, so there's no variant. If, does it will it affect people that already have the um, vaccine? Like, will we have to get another dosage or a new dosage? That's a really great question, and I think we don't know yet. We don't know if Omicron is um, if the if the vaccines that we have presently are protecting against Omicron. We know that when Delta arose, it took a little bit of time, and we were able to see that Delta, you know, was re we were reasonably protected against Delta, Delta, but then of course time allowed some of the vaccine uh, effect, efficacy, effectiveness to, to reduce and to wane. So then boosters were, ne were needed, but it's not like we needed a different vaccine to protect us against, Del against Delta. But Omicron, we just got that, uh, you know, like a minute ago, or at least identified it a minute ago. So we don't even know yet if, if um, we'll need a different vaccine for that. I think that the biggest thing right now is to contain and reduce its spread. So we don't even have to worry about it, hopefully. But I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think anybody does yet. Amaya, I think you had another question. I didn't see the question yeah. popped up in the neck went away. Yeah, I have another question. Um, my question was like, if you caught one of the variants of COVID, is like, is it able? Are you able to get the same variant again if you catch it again? It's a really great question, and what I the the only answer I have for you with that is that. A person who has contracted COVID, now this came out of, there's a couple of studies, but the most recent one I want to say was out of Harvard um, about maybe a month or two ago, I saw this, um, was that a person who has contracted COVID-19 as a virus, not talking about the variants, but as a virus, was five times more likely to catch it again over somebody who has been vaccinated. So a person who has been vaccinated, um, who has had COVID versus a person who has ha just had COVID and not been vaccinated, the person who has not been vaccinated was five times more likely to be reinfected by uh, COVID-19. Now, you talking about like if the person had Delta versus one of, you know, the one of the original strains versus now Omicron, is that are you going to be able to now get Omicron if you got Delta? Are you able to get Delta if you had the original strain? I don't know that we know. I haven't seen that data, but I do know that being infected offers some protection but that you are still uh, susceptible to be reinfected significantly more so than if you were to be vaccinated. Are there, is it like a level of the dangerousness of the different variants, is it like the original strands at the bottom and then the next strand, or are they all just, they affect different parts of the body, but they all are respiratory uh, viruses? They're not, so respiratory is not, um, none of them are only respiratory. And I think the, the issue with this virus really probably from the get-go, from jump, was that the, you don't know how it's going to affect, you know, you as an individual, right? Like, yes, for a lot of people it causes 
uh, respiratory illness. But for some people, it causes, you know, heart issues. For some people, it causes blood clots. For some people, it causes, you know, like there's other things that it can cause and and things that people, you know, fatigue, chronic fatigue, muscle weakness, like it can hit you on all these different levels. And, you know, what I think any one of the strains is able to do that. Any one of the strains is capable of kind of like figuring out where your weakest, you know, part of your body is. And I shouldn't say weakest part of the body because that's not that makes it sound like you could strengthen, you know, your heart and then it won't affect it. It's like, no, it's just it's just really a sneaky uh, conniving virus that will really just go and plague and, and prey on parts of our bodies. And we you may not know. I'm sure we all know somebody who's gotten covid who's like, oh, I just lost my taste for a minute or I just, you know, had a fever for a day and then I was fine. And then we all know people who either have passed away or who have been suffering still from severe illness or long haul syndrome. And what's the difference between person A and person B? Who don't, we don't know. The virus is just like that. And it's, re it's really not a nice thing to uh, encounter. But, you know, with, again, if del is Delta more likely to affect your heart versus the original strain? Is Omicron more likely? We don't know much about Omicron. I keep saying that. So I, I can't speak to that one. But Delta, to my knowledge, is not necessarily more likely to affect a particular part of your body. But it is a little bit more aggressive in general. Um, and so when the Delta, the Delta surges came, you know, you saw more people starting to get sick and, and die, but you didn't necessarily see more vaccinated people getting sick and dying. You saw more people in general getting sick and dying. And you wonder if, and I don't know the answer to this question, but I wonder if there was just a level of our people's abilities who maybe had gotten COVID before to get it again and be more likely to succumb to it as opposed to the first strain, but the, the vaccinated were not necessarily being more infected by the Delta strain. Um, as, as, as to my knowledge, it was just that the Delta strain was spreading rapidly. It was much more transmissible. It was, it was much more easy to catch. catch. Um, and that's what viruses do too. Viruses, the whole purpose of a virus is to live and to outsmart the thing that's trying to get rid of it. So, you know, to be able to uh, mutate and now pass more easily, more likely for a person to catch it from, you know, to the next, the next person than the original strain, that's, that's the virus's goal. It was winning. It was winning there for a minute. So, you know, that, that was, that was the, the difference between those, the original strain and the Delta. It was much more easily passed and more aggressive, but not necessarily more likely to affect a, a particular organ. My question is, when COVID was first detected, were you guys prepared or were you guys like, oh, this, this is not going to spread? Um, so as I, so I remember, look, shoot, I remember when that, when y'all president first announced, um, <laughs> you're like, oh, we don't be, we don't own him, right? First announced that he was in what, California. And then it was like the first death. And I was like, man, did we good? It's good. And then they were like, don't wear a mask. I still remember that. I was like, yeah, you know, they say don't wear a mask. You know, you, you, you'd be more likely to touch your face. You don't need a mask. And then next thing you know, they was calling us to pick up the kids from school. And it was like, shut it down. It was like, what on earth? So no, we were not prepared. Not even a little bit. Um, masks, PPE. Like we were at the hospitals because I was still delivering babies the whole time. The, at the, the hospitals had us reusing like our N95 masks had to keep them in a, in a brown paper bag because they didn't have that many. They didn't have enough for you to use a new one every day. And brown paper bags allow the air, area to breathe so that it's not, um, you're, you're less likely to like let a virus stay alive on it. 
that the virus would die on the surface uh, if it were if it were on the surface of the mask. So we were doing a whole lot of stuff trying to make do at the beginning, and we were fully PPE, fully protecting ourselves from every person who would come in the door, um, but not like we knew it was coming and kind of could really prepare. It was we were very much flying by the seat of our pants for a few months, and this is from what March to maybe May. We didn't really get our stride until maybe May or June of like, you know, really knowing how to keep ourselves safe and protected. Um, my question is, how many people do you think you can vaccinate in one day? It, it, clarify your question. Do you mean like in globally, like regionally? What do you mean? Like global, like globally, like, like around the world. I think that comes down to how quickly they can get vaccines around the world. You know, at one point in this country, Weren't they at like one or two million a day? Like I think at its peak vaccination, when they first released the vaccines, the goal was like, you know, one or two million per day. And I think they got to about a, a million a day at one point. And if I'm not mistaken, Biden and them got to about a million a day of uh, vaccinations um, at one point. Uh, you know, the problem globally is, again, is sh now we're shipping vaccines. People are not, countries are not manufacturing them on their own. They're being manufactured by Pfizer, Moderna, J&J still. And then they have these other ones in like China that aren't even as good. Like they have these, they, they have other vaccines other than our three that are not as good apparently. But, you know, that they're get, that they're dis disseminating and distributing to different countries, um, I think in, 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 the, in Asia. Um but yeah, it's it's right now the challenge I think is supply. It's not uh, it's not you know, it's not manpower. I don't believe. I'm sure that there could be a manpower issue of who can actually administer and who can how they can they can hold them and the temperature. You know that Pfizer vaccine has to be held at like some like zero degree below zero degree temperature. Um, so I'm sure that could be a, a limiting factor too. But right now it's it's supply that's that's limiting the global uh, vaccination. And there's a lot of politics involved in that because people are, again, countries are kind of fighting for them. And a lot of the African countries are losing. Another question that I have, um, in algebra, we were just talking about how my algebra teacher is going to get the booster because it fades away. So does, does the vaccine fades away? Any vaccine or any immunity has the potential to to be lost in time. Every day I see pregnant people. And when I uh, see a first initial pregnant person, we just check and see if they're immune to measles, mumps, rubella. We check and see if they're immune to varicella, which is chickenpox. Um, not uncommonly, a person who has been vaccinated in the past is no longer immune, no longer having enough antibodies to be considered immune to chickenpox or no longer to be considered immune to measles. So we need to give them boosters. It so happens, and we don't know about the antibody quantity that's necessary to 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 sh demonstrate immunity for COVID. But we do know that after about six months of a person getting the vaccine, people are more likely to be reinfected. That they're that the immunity, and this is based on data that was uh, collected in Israel, that people it was like thousands of people that they saw after about six months, they had a little bit less, significantly less protection against COVID nineteen. I think it was like nineteen times less protection if i remember correctly that number might be a little bit wrong but i remember it was it was significantly less which is why the desire to or the need 
to administer boosters came about. Um, now boosters are recommended for all adults 18 and up. So for a while it was just healthcare workers and people in, uh, you know, high traffic environments and, and people, you know, working in, in, in essential workers. But now it's anybody 18 and up who has had at least six months since their second vaccine if they're two, do two doses or at least two months after the single dose, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine should get boosters because immunity and immunity, what is immunity? Immunity is antibodies. It, it is the ability of our body to recognize a virus and to attack and eliminate it before it gets into our bodies. And you have to have a certain amount. Antibodies are almost like guards at the door. You know, if you got a, a club and you got, you know, two or three guards at every door, it's very unlikely for somebody to get in. But if you get down to only one guard at every door or some doors don't have no guards, now your your establishment is is at risk. And so that's why antibodies, um, that's how antibodies work. And if in time, you start to see less and less, or you start to see more and more infection, and then you give a person a booster, which is more, you know, uh, generation of antibodies, and now they're less likely to, likely to be infected. Well, then you know, okay, you need to be re-exposed to this, uh, this this picture of this virus, so that your body knows, yeah, for real, don't let them in. Um, so that's what happens to, again to any any vaccine or even any virus. Like that's why, in the, you know, a person who gets a cold in the in winter time, you know, cold is like rhinovirus. That's a common virus, and it's pretty, you know, benign. Is and it don't kill you, but it sucks. But that's why you can get two and three colds out of the same season because our bodies only protect us against that for so long. You don't get a cold and then turn around and get the same cold usually like the next week, but give it a month or two. You gonna turn around and somebody come and sneeze on you, you gonna get sick again because that's what, you know, that particular virus, the antibodies don't linger very long. So it's not a novel concept is my point that um, the COVID-19 vaccine immunity is reducing in time because that can happen. And it just so happens that that time frame seems to be about six months. Now, does that mean we're going to need a new booster every six months? Hopefully not. Hopefully this last one is like generating even more antibodies, put more guards at the door so that, you know, you're even less likely for people to uh, to get sick. Well, thank you, Miss Wendy, for your knowledge and talking with us today and giving us, you know, some updates. Well, the flu, can the flu shot help at all? And then the second question, you know, what's the difference between COVID and the flu? Because I know they said something like the flu. COVID, the flu is the COVID, but the but COVID isn't the flu, and I was confused by it. Uh, so your first question is, does the flu help at all? Actually, there are studies that show that flu vaccination does reduce your chances of being affected. Hold on. That flu vaccination does reduce your chances of being affected by um, COVID or by being being infected by COVID. So yes, flu is a, is a, a level of protection that you can have. Um, but your second question is flu. COVID or COVID, not the flu. SARS, the SARS virus, the SARS four or two virus, I think is the name of COVID-19, the virus. Influenza, I don't believe is a SARS virus, but there are other SARS viruses that are out there. Um, so I don't know what the crossover would be with influenza because again, influenza is a, is a different type of virus than SARS viruses. To my knowledge, um, but you know they're all viruses, so I guess in that way, you know, they're similar. But I don't know what a person would have meant would have meant by saying that flu is COVID or COVID is flu or one is is and is not the other. I don't I don't I don't get that one. But they, but flu before we had the vaccine, 
there was a study, um, a pretty significant study that demonstrated that people who were flu vaccinated were like three or four times less likely to be infected by COVID. So that before we had the vaccine, that was one thing that we could do to try to reduce our chances of being um, affected by COVID-19. Thanks for listening to the True Topics podcast sponsored by Two Star Foundation. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Instagram at true.chi and Twitter at truestar.life.